Two KG Sports Minds have created a podcast to answer one very important question. What's the spread? Now here are your hosts, Brad Thomas and Miles Markowitz. The first weekend of college football is officially over. We are now underway. NFL this week coming at you. It's What's the Spread, Brad? Miles, we didn't do too bad here. I'm glad, like I tell you, every day, and I'm going to keep telling you every day until football season's over, I'm glad that I get to talk to you about football betting. It was... It was a great experience on Saturday. Even I don't even talk about Thursday, but Saturday, where I really was just like going back and forth with you. Like it was amazing, and for us to to have that opportunity to keep going back and forth with each other and, and, and build on our strengths, and then we can deliver it to our fans out there. It's an amazing experience. Yeah, and it's it's a lot to keep track of. That's what's fun of it, right? Yeah, on Saturday, absolutely. there's so much going on. It's easy to miss so many bad beats, uh, so many big games. Oregon Auburn really highlighted the day of football there with a. Really great football game. Oregon had control of this game the entire time. They blew a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter on the final play, let alone. Auburn wins the game 27-21. They cover the three and a half. To, so to start off the year, that was a good win for you and a loss for me. Heartbreaker for me there. I had Oregon in multiple parlays. That was an interesting game. I mean, I just thought for sure that Oregon or uh, Auburn would at least just kick the damn field goal <laughs> and at least cover the spread Yeah, for Oregon. But... uh that's not how uh, things go sometimes. Uh, Florida Atlantic, Ohio State. This was a big disappointment. This was a loss for both of us. Ohio State fails to cover the 27 and a half. This is the danger, right, when betting on really good teams to cover yep. big spreads. They are covering the spread in the first quarter. Easily. <laughs> 28-0. First quarter. God. Uh, and, you know, that just tells me that Ryan Day was really looking ahead to next week. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati is a really good opponent coming up. But uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and take the L there. That just means that it, there's a, even a better chance that Ohio State covers the next time. Uh, Georgia Vanderbilt easily covers the 22 point spread 30 to six Vanderbilt. No contest. That's a win for both of us. And, uh, probably the one that I'm most proud of Virginia minus two and a half. They beat Pittsburgh 30 to 14. Let's go a win for both of us. So we combined to go five and three in the first weekend of college. That's amazing. We did a great job and man, we made some money. Uh, Ohio state loss hurt, but we, we did a pretty good job making money. Let's go and talk about the games for this week. Let's do it. We got two really good ones on the schedule. Uh, college game day in Austin, Texas this weekend. Number six, LSU. Number nine, Texas. Are the Longhorns back? I can tell you one thing. They are back on the national stage, but now they got to put the football behind it. LSU, six and a half point favorites on the road here. I'm, you know, you tell me you give me a six versus nine matchup. The home team is getting six and a half points. I'm taking Texas here. It was hard to really think about which team is more dominant because, yes, Texas had the closer game. Elliot had a had a had a less impressive import, uh, performance as Joe Burrow, but then you got a, it's Louisiana Tech or Georgia Southern. So for me, it's really about the trends that really really stick out. The Longhorns are at home four one and one against the spread in their last six home games. That is a factor that really stuck out to me. And also, it's about how you play in September. LSU is 4-10-1 against the spread in their last 15 September games. And they're coming in with a lot of hype. A lot of hype. Uh, especially with Joe Burrow. He had a great performance in Week 1. There's a lot of talk about this uh, new spread offense that Ed Orgeron has decided to come forward with. Yep. I think that's where Texas is going to have the advantage in this game. I think Texas is going to benefit... From a high-scoring matchup, which is very uncommon with LSU, but if Texas can force LSU to come in to Austin and play Big 12 football, which I think is going to happen, 
I think there's that Texas will have no problem covering the spread and even possibly winning the game. Yeah, I, I could honestly see a Texas victory here, especially because LSU... LSU just comes into the game with that idea that they're already going to destroy Texas. Texas knows, Herman knows how to cover. The one thing about Herman, when he's a touchdown or more underdog, he covers the spread. I am not afraid of six and a half. And even if LSU wins, I don't think they win by more than three. And I've been thinking about this game all day, uh, not really going back and forth, because when I really started to think about it, I thought about LSU pushing the pace against this young Texas defense. Yep. And you would think that's a disadvantage for the inexperience on defense, but that actually works into their favor if they can get LSU into a shootout at home. Yes. Which I think that that's what this will turn into a 35-31, 38-35 kind of football game. Yep. So I'm taking Texas plus 6.5 in the biggest game of the weekend. Absolutely agree. I'm here with you taking Texas plus 6.5, so we agree on that. What do we got next? All right, we have number 12, Texas A&M. Number 1, Clemson. Clemson, 17.5 point favorites. At home, a rematch of my favorite game of the year. That game was amazing. Last year. Just unbelievable. I rewatched that game again in the offseason. It was just as good as I remembered it. And Texas A&M played Clemson just as tough as I remembered that they did. Now, it's a whole new Clemson offense uh, now than it was in that game last year. absolutely. Trevor Lawrence wasn't even the starter. He didn't even finish the game. He did throw a touchdown in that game. A little bit of a new look. Kellen Mond threw for 430 yards in that game last year. Oh, my God. And he looked really good uh, on Thursday night against Texas State. There's some impressive things about this game here. Because Jimbo Fisher, his team has combined for over 400 yards in, what, four, six consecutive games? 11 out of the 14. But what even bigger stat is, on the other side of the ball, you have a Clemson team who has won 11 consecutive games by 20 points or more. What's changed? What's got to give? I think what's really changed is that Clemson defensive front. Not that they didn't get to the quarterback versus Georgia Tech. Um, and a lot of those times they got to the quarterback, they uh, Georgia Tech was running the ball either way. They're not as stout. And that was clearly visible. But let's look at the offense now. The offensive line is ridiculous for Clemson. I'm very interested to hear where your money's going on this game. Well, I'm glad you brought up the offensive line, right? Because Trevor Lawrence showed himself to be human yes. on Thursday night. He threw two interceptions against one touchdown. He threw four all of last year. Yeah. Brad, he threw two in one night. This AM defense forced four interceptions last week against Texas State. They really had to rely on ETN. Well, not... Well, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I won't say rely on, but he was the one that had the explosive game. Yep. And I think that in this game, they're going to try to slow the pace down, use that offensive line to control the clock... And I think that that spells good news for betters who are riding AM by three scores. Yes. That's a big margin to put up, especially when you have a team in AM who's covered 10 of their last 11 games uh, against non conference opponents. Two of those opponents they destroyed was an AC, ACC opponent. Another opponent was they kept close. Almost one was a Clemson opponent. You know that I'm really high on what Jimbo Fisher is doing at AM. I think that this is by far. The toughest game on Clemson's regular season schedule. Yes. I've got AM covering the 17 and a half. But I have them am as well. I crazy for thinking that? No, you I are mean, not. Okay, so so you're so you're agreeing with me here. I was really curious to see which way that you were gonna go. What am I missing with this with such a high spread here? It's that eleven consecutive games with twenty plus wins. And that they're, and they're at, home, at home, right? But them being at home really does not change my mentality of that spread as much because it's all about last year's game when now Texas A&M knows 
they can play with the best team in the country. That game, regardless of who's at quarterback, that game puts a little chip on Texas A&M's shoulder that says, you're going to disrespect us with a 17.5-point spread? No. Kellen Mond's going to go and do what Kellen Mond needs to do. They're going to rack up a ton of yards on a great defense, and they're going to keep it close. Now, do I think Texas A&M is going to win? I do not. But I do think they keep it close. And I'm also thinking from Dabo's perspective, right? He knows that this is his toughest game of the season. Yes. And he knows all he's got to do is just come out and survive. Yep. He doesn't have to win this game impressively. Doesn't have to cover. Doesn't have to win by three or four scores. I think he'll pull back at the right times. I think we'll see a little bit of a conservative approach from the Clemson offense. Yep. Uh, making sure that, that they don't run themselves into too many mistakes. Rely on ETN. I see Clemson with a 10-point victory in this one. And no more than that. Yes, double digit is is 10. That is like their target margin. I think the spread should have been closer to 10. Um, But, I mean, so they're saying Clemson's a, what, uh, 14 and a half point better team. I think they're more like a a seven point better team on a neutral field. And the fact that it's three scores really makes me comfortable in betting. Absolutely. If you were talking about a a, a two score margin, no matter what that would be, I love that it's at least 17 points. So as long as it stays right around there, I'm taking A&M. So, um... Over last weekend, uh, teams that had three score, there were three score favorite or more, um, covered forty between forty two to forty four percent of the of, of the games from last year from last week. Great stat. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just doing some research, not even for this game, but I did. That just popped in my head to remind you that. All right, let's go ahead and move on here to our beloved UCF Knights, ten and a half point favorites at Florida Atlantic. They drop a spot in the rankings to eighteen after up. their sixty-two to nothing. That's so messed up. Dominating win over Florida A and M. Do we have a quarterback controversy here? I think we do, but this is not a game where it's going to be solved because I think that I think that there's a good chance that UCF wins this game, something like forty-five to twenty. Um, so obviously I'm picking UCF to win the spread, which means both quarterbacks are going to get in the game. But this is the first time uh, Brandon Wimbush has, in his career has combined for 300 total yards. He definitely had himself a night, and it's did, first you know, F- the fam, you, you right. Know, so, uh, but still, you know, there's a lot to be said about coming out and executing, yeah, and looking impressive. And all the weapons on UCF's offense were just as fast and explosive as I knew that they would be. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is the one that really impressed me. Right, he, he had his three touchdown beast. night. Uh, I do think that these two are going to battle it out for the starting job. I think it definitely belongs to Wimbush for the time being. Yeah. I think until, honestly, until they play a big game. Yeah. And, and, he, and he struggles. And he doesn't play well. Yeah. And then maybe, you know. So that's where we'll see things change. But until then, I think that both will play. And I have no problem with that. I think UCF is easily going to cover this 10.5 points. I think that, I mean, th- that final score, right? 45-21 last week for Florida Atlantic and Ohio State. Yep. Ohio State started to pull back in the second quarter. Absolutely. UCF will not do that. No, they will not. They and. UCF needs to destroy every team they play if they want to have an outside chance of getting in. One thing about FAU, um, their star running back is doubtful in BJ Emmons. And I was, I even, I think I even texted you or I texted someone. And I was like, oh my God, BJ Emmons is finally playing, plays one game, gets hurt. Without BJ Emmons, they only ran the ball for 22 yards against Ohio State. 22 yards. You think that FAU is going to force three fumbles against. UCF? I don't think so. I think this is a 20-point victory. But even with that, every trend in the book is trending with UCF. 6-1 and one against the spread in their last seven September games. 5-1 and one against the spread in their last, what, six road games. Let me find another good one. 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five games overall. 4-1 and one their last five games against the Conference USA. 
and you and this is a very favorable line for for UCF. I think it there. moved it opened at ten and it's moved to eleven as I've seen at some places. I, I I hammered it at at ten. I would take it up to three scores. I I will say for all of our betters outside of the state of Florida, while you're watching LSU Texas, don't forget to put a bet down on UCF. Yes. There's a reason that we included them in absolutely games this weekend. All right, let's go ahead and go out west. Number twenty three ranked Stanford at USC. USC right now one point home favorites. They lose JT Daniels for the season last week. On the other side, for Stanford, KJ Costello still questionable. Still so this questionable. could be a battle of backup quarterbacks. Yep. But it's a very high-profile Pac-12 game. Stanford 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven games on the road. I love versus that. Versus USC. USC can't cover a football game. They're 4-12 and 12 against the spread in their last 16 games overall. I really am banking on my pick regardless of KJ Costello playing or KJ Costello not playing because I think Stanford's the better team regardless, especially defensively. Now, you have two young quarterback and David Mills um, for Stanford and Salvis for um, USC, but I like that one-point line. And the, the the lines actually moved to one and a half in favor of uh, in favor of UFC, U, UFC. <laughs> USC. So. Not worried about it. Um, thoughts? The USC program, I think, is uh, starting their downward spiral this year. I They may not even make a bowl game this year. Yeah. Uh, JT Daniels w- was that much of a talent for them, and they actually had something building with him. Yes. I think that uh, Clay Helton does not survive the till the end of the season, and I think that the Urban Meyer to USC move is getting closer it's- and closer. I don't care who starts for Stanford in this game. As you said, I think that they are the better team better coach. They forced four turnovers last week against Northwestern in a game where their offense played horribly. Horribly. They found a way to win. Found a way to win and found a way to play good enough against a really dominant defense. I think Stanford excels in a low-scoring defensive matchup. I think they only need to score 17, 24 points again to win this football game. I'm also going to take Stanford plus one. Every every single trend is against USC. Like, I mean, come on. Two and six versus a team against a winning record. Uh, one and four against the spread in, in the last five conference games. One and seven in their last eight of their against the spread of their last eight games in September. Let's be real. Well, our uh, marking college football when we're agreeing on games is really good. It's somewhere yes. right in between 58 percent. So I'm liking that we're agreeing on. I'm all four liking. Of these. It. I'm, I'm hammering all four of those games, and I highly suggest all of you guys do the same. All right, Brad. Let's talk about the, the National Football League NFL Week One. Week One. Coming up, dude. So much un or so many unpredictable outcomes are ahead of us on Sunday. You never know what you're going to get with never these teams know. on week one. Who's going to come out hot? I got an opening trend for you that is just general for week one football in the NFL. Since 2016, the home favorites in week one are 12, 15, and two against the spread. Wow, that was really interesting. Wow. And that goes to show you how many upsets there are. Yeah, in week one. When it comes to week one of the NFL. All right, let's go ahead and start with a really intriguing one. We've got Kansas City minus four at Jacksonville. Miles. Okay, so for you guys who don't know, betting fans or or just football fans alike, the home team automatically gets a three point edge. If these two teams, what does that mean? If these two teams were to, no, it's not possible, but just just bear with me. If they were to meet in the Super Bowl right now. They're saying that the the spread would be Kansas City minus one. The Chiefs are only a one point favorite, one point better team than the Jacks. Get the hell, Miles. 
I think the Chiefs have a, a good possibility of winning this game by seven. This line surprised me the most out of all of the opening lines yes. for Sunday. Uh, obviously, Kansas City, one of the most talked about teams of the offseason. We got Patty Mahomes coming off a 50-touchdown, 5,000-yard MVP season. We don't know what we have with Foles in Jacksonville yet. He hasn't even played it down for him. Kansas City, 10-7-1 against the spread last year. So not only were they one of the best teams in the league, they were also covering football games. Yep. And how about 7-0 against the spread in their last seven games in September? I love that one. But you know what I really love? In the last five games that Jacksonville has played the Chiefs, they've only covered one time. Five games? Now, I see, I may see why the line would be this way. Jacksonville does have a top five defense. But I think that there's going to be plenty of ammunition for Kansas City to cover the four points. Kansas City switching over to a 4-3 defense while adding Frank Clark to book in that defensive line. Miles, the additions they have, Shady McCoy, Morris Claiborne, Darren Lee, I don't care if anyone says he's washed up, Tyron Matthew, and Frank Clark. And I think it's a great opportunity for the Kansas City defense to come out and make a statement. I think the, the Chiefs have a great opportunity to be a surprise defensive team this year. All right, we're five for five. Let's go ahead and head down to Florida. The San Francisco 49ers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a pick 'em. Pick 'em for these two teams. I have not been high on San Fran even no. since they signed Jimmy G. I no. and even when he was healthy. I know that they had a hot end to 2017. He gets hurt again last year. Yep. He looked awful in the preseason. Yep. All I can do is go back to week one of last year when Tampa Bay comes out and beats the New Orleans Saints in week one at home. Was it was it at home or was it on the road? I don't know. That remember. was okay. But I, it was forty eight <laughs> to forty. The Buccaneers get the win. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm going with Tampa Bay Bucks too. Last year, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the worst defense. I don't care if CJ Beathard was playing or or God duh, freaking the best quarterback in the entire world. The Tampa Bay Bucks were a bottom three defense last year. Held the 49ers to nine points. Tell me how they still managed to go 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one against the spread last year. Yes. With, with how bad of a season that they had. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Bucks. 49ers are 1-7 against the spread in their last eight versus the NFC. How about 2-6 against the spread in their last eight on the road? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> that, I, that just like took me, aback, took me aback for a second. Last year, Jameis Winston had a great game against the 49ers. They're 312 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. I'm loving the Bucks here. A pick them, which means all they got to do is win, start the season off right with Andy Reid, this new look offense. I think the Bucks come out firing, slinging. Matt Gay won the starting job. We finally have a kicker. They said they fixed his problem, his kicking problems. He kicked two 50-plus yard field goals in one preseason game. Last time a Buccaneers had a kicker that could kick a 50-yard field goal, I think I the team didn't even exist, which means it's never happened. And I said this in our uh, NFC South preview, but I'm, I'm expecting a big year out of Jameis this year. Yes. And, and I think that this is the kind of game where they can come out and steal the victory at home against a team that's coming all the way from California, and we still really don't know what we have with that San Francisco offense yet. Yep. Totally agree. So that's we'll just keep rocking them up together. Yeah. That's fine with me. Uh, that, that means more fun this weekend. All right. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and go to the Sunday night matchup. The Pittsburgh Steelers against the defending champion, New England Patriots. The Patriots are five and a half point favorites in New England. Brad, I never bet against the Pats when they're playing at home. Okay. Fair. I don't. Uh, they are playing without David Andrews, their starting center, which I heard is 
there, there are a lot of betters that, that are afraid of that. Yeah. It's, it's going to shake up the offensive line there. But the trends for New England at home are still just as good as they have been in years past. When favored by six or more at home, 15-5 and five against the spread, and they've hit nine of their last ten. But this is a really tough Pittsburgh Steelers team coming in. Really here. tough defense coming in here. Five and a half points is a lot. And this is this is like one of those reaches that that degenerates that I'm about to tell the degenerates normally tell and they throw out there. But I feel like it hits more times than not. In banner games, ring ceremony games, the team that is receiving the banner, the ring, generally does not cover the spread. So now you're telling me I get more than a field goal. They have to cover by it. Five and a half points. If it gets to six, six and a half, watch this line. I'm going to hammer the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why not? Every trend in the book is saying to go go into the Patriots. I, I, I don't even have a good one good trend to go with the Steelers besides, wait, what? They're 4-0 in their last, uh, I guess, spread in their last four games on turf. I'm not worried about that. I am liking I am liking they, they're coming in without the drama this year. So no AB, no Le'Veon. James Conner looks suitable. They have a great receiving core. Like, taking, even taking A.B. out of there, just think about the players they have with James Washington, Juju. Dante Moncrief might end up being the number two there. They have Vance McDonald. And that's to pair with a great defense. Now, I think it's a, bit, a little bit of a stretch for people to want to take Steelers' money line because I do think the Patriots get it done and start the season 1-0. But I do like getting that 5.5-point cushion. We finally disagree. You're going to go with the Steelers plus five and a half here. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and ride the Patriots until the wheels fall off at minus five and a half. Uh, coming in with, with a lot of distractions in this game, no doubt. It's a, it's a big night for them. Big ceremonies. Yep. You know, the Steelers, for me, are slowly becoming one of my favorites to get to the Super Bowl. Because the the more that you think about the Steelers team, and a, a, as you said, yeah. less drama and less distractions. and uh, They're coming in healthy. Uh Fully firing on all cylinders on offense. Uh, they got Devin Bush on the defensive side of the yep. ball now to add some more firepower. It's a dangerous Steelers Dangerous team. team. This is like the first time in a long time the Steelers have had a surplus of cornerbacks. They're, they're like thinking about what are they going to do with their surplus of cornerbacks. Keep them, keep them healthy. Man. I think this is one of those uh, Sunday night games where you can't go wrong on either side of the spread. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and end it with a Monday night football game. We have a doubleheader that night. We're going to do Houston Texans at New Orleans Saints. The Saints are seven-point favorites at home. Who are we taking? I don't even want to bet this game, but the Saints are god-awful at covering the spread because they always put way too large spreads, so I'm taking the Texans. But if I really... I know this is what's the spread, guys. We don't often talk about overs and unders here, but the play really, in my opinion, is the over in this game. But let me just give you let me just give you a couple rationale for the Saints. And one of these was at the hands of uh, my Tampa Bay Bucks. 0-5 against the spread in their, in their last five Week 1 games. 0-4 against the spread in their last four home games. Let's not even talk about how bad they are in Monday night games. I think that seven points is disrespectful to the Texans. Texans are supposed to work on that offensive line. They got Deshaun Watson healthy. Duke Johnson's ready to tear it up in the backfield. There's just so much going for this Texans team. Sure they lost to Avian Clowney. Sure that Lamar Miller's out for the season, but it all comes down to three key pieces in this game that really lacked last year. That offensive line, supposedly better. Deshaun Watson, finally healthy. Oh, that was only two. But two key pieces, you get what I mean. 
I do. Uh, really good analysis there. You know, I'm also going Houston here, plus seven. Yes. I think it's going to be a heavyweight fight. I think that Houston's going to go after on blow for blow. Yes. You mentioned the trends here. The Saints are 0-6 against the spread in their last six September home games. God. 0-5 straight up in their last five Week 1 games, home or away. The last time the Saints won a Week 1 football game was the year 2013. Oh, my God. That's scary. And you're saying they, they got to win this game by seven points? I know that they're at home, but we're talking about a team in Houston that I think is capable of winning 12, 13 games yes. this year. Who is, and clearly in my eyes, is going to win their division. They're going to cover the plus seven. They're going to cover. Absolutely. All right. Miles, Our final segment. My favorite segment, the Super Dogs. We had a hot start to the Dogs. Yeah, we did. Woof, woof, woof. Over the weekend. We both hit, uh, I believe it was two out of three, not outright winners, but... Yep, we, we got some points, points on these yep. games. Utah State plus three and a half over Wake Forest. What a game, by the way. Wake Forest gets the win 38-35. We get the cover, yep. so we each get a point there. Uh, for me, I took Oregon plus three and a half over Auburn. That was a loss. Uh, your loss, Northwestern plus six and a half over Stanford. Backdoor cover. Screw that game. Backdoor cover for Stanford with the defensive touchdown in the final minute. Uh, my big call of the weekend Great that I was call. really pumped about, North Carolina plus 10.5 over South Carolina. Mac Brown gets the upset win because it was a dog of seven or more points. I get five points for that one. And then for you, Brad, a win. Boston College, you had, I believe it was plus four or five over Virginia plus four, Tech. yeah. Uh, that is three points for you because it was an underdog between three and a half and seven. So Miles had, and Miles had asked me, he's like, Brad, well, who were your dogs? And I listed four. Just so you guys know, I also had uh, Boise State <laughs> versus Ohio State uh, versus Florida State. I bet that game. <laughs> I put that game in my parlay. That game literally changed my weekend. It was it was amazing. Just had to say that. All right. Well, our standings at the end of week one. I'm sitting with six points. You sitting with four. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's going to be close down to the wire. Uh, let's go ahead and do our week two picks. Okay. So for every game, as as a, as an underdog betting strategy, um, what I do for for heavy, for heavy, every heavy underdog, I bet the spread and I bet the money line. Just a betting tip out there for you guys. So I'm going to start with my first dog. One dog that, could, this game could literally go either way, but I just didn't see enough out of Ole Miss. Um, I got Arkansas beating Ole Miss, six and a half point favorite. All right, I will start with another Power 5 matchup. Uh, Vanderbilt, plus seven over Purdue. I got Purdue... Just a bad showing, blowing yeah. the lead uh, in Nevada last week, and they started the season slow last year. I think that we're going to see another slow start from Purdue here. A much better performance from Vanderbilt after really not having a chance against Georgia. I like to at least cover the game. I think Vanderbilt can win it. Nice. My next game I have for you, and you guys might mock me all I want, but the second Wisconsin got so high on uh, USF, there was no chance they were scoring a point. But this week, after what I saw from Georgia Tech, not knowing what their offense is, they have no identity. Half the time, they're running with the quarterback. The other half, they're trying to throw dink and dunks. I have USF over uh, Georgia Tech plus six. Big call. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a group of five. Well, I guess it's two group of fives. My mistake. North Texas plus three and a half over SMU. I am going with my boys from North Texas, the Mean Green. I was, I was looking at that line, but... I didn't know if it was three and a half or three, and so I'll let you have that three and a half because I definitely, guys, that's a game you want to bet. Mason Fine is going to win that game, 100%. He's the truth. He's the truth. My game, my last and final game, Texas over LSU, six and a half point underdogs. Good call. 
the game day game. Yes. We're, we're including in our dogs two weeks in a row because yep. I had Oregon last week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and end with a uh, Ohio victory plus five over Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think that Pittsburgh doesn't win more than three, four games this year. That was, that was on my list. That Ohio team's a good Ohio Very team, too. Very good Ohio yeah. team. Liking like the plus five. I think they have a good chance to win. These are a good group of dogs I this week. I don't like when I like your dogs, but I like when I like your dogs from a financial standpoint because I those are games that I'm betting on. It's going to be a big weekend, Brad, yeah. right? I mean, uh, not only do we have college on Saturday now, we got the NFL on Sunday. There's yep. so much to bet on. Uh, this this is really where, where it gets fun. This is exciting. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to What's the Spread? We got college football week two, NFL week one. It's here. Guys, place your bets, but be sure to download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or however else you get your podcasts.